Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Lifestyle with Dr. Moby. I'm Dr. Moby, and today we have great guest star, Thomas Moonigal. Let's welcome Thomas. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you today? Good. Good to hear from you. Thank you. Uh, so tell us about yourself, Thomas. What do you do? Uh, well, I do a lot of things, but um, I'm known as a shamanic practitioner. Mm -hmm. uh, I also teach Tai Chi and Qigong. I write. I also uh, make some art. So I, I, <laughs> I sort of have hedged my bets by doing a little bit of everything. Okay, very good. Uh, so tell me a little bit about um, how did you start doing this Tai Chi and um, tai Chi, that came as, uh, when I was in college, uh, uh, they had options for uh, physical education. At the time, they still required that you take some uh, PE credits. And I looked through the catalog and thought, you know, what am I interested in? And that was one of the classes. And I met my teacher and worked with him for seven years um, before I started teaching some friends and then moved on to teaching in some wellness centers and now in uh, gyms and community centers and, you know, started my own channel on that too. So. Okay. okay very good. So tell me a little bit about for everybody to understand what is the difference between Tai Chi and yoga? Well, Tai Chi is a martial art. Um, so most of the moves, even the transitions, are have uh, defense applications to them. So that's one like very clear difference. Um, when you go back into something like Qigong, yoga and Qigong sometimes will share some of the same roots um, as far as a wellness practice goes. And Qigong is uh, one of the branches of traditional Chinese medicine. You know, the others being Chinese herbalism and then acupuncture, acupressure. And also tell us a little bit about what is the philosophy behind uh, Tai Chi? The philosophy with Tai Chi is to um, develop your balance, develop um, flow within the body, mm -hmm. uh, to be able to move with what is around you uh, and to move without effort. So if you were to look at an animal, how they move, um, they're not it's not that they never fall. That's not that they never, you know, miss the, the target, but when they're moving, they're not uh, thinking about moving. They just move. They're just one with their own form. And so that's, uh, I, I would say it's about unity, unity with um, the forces of the world. Mm -hmm. And do you think uh, everybody can start this uh, pretty at young age or should they start at any age or is it, does it doesn't matter? I mean, of course, the longer you've practiced, uh, the more the benefits are. So if you can start young, that's great. Uh, but a lot of people pick this up in either middle age or um, in their senior years. I, a lot of my students uh, come through a senior program or uh, are also recovering from major illnesses uh, and are rebuilding their chi, rebuilding um, their stamina and vitality. Um, so I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, you said they're building stamina and vitality. Yes, yes. Um, tai Chi is really about building uh, functional strength, 
Mm-hmm. Um, when a lot of people think of working out or going to the gym, they're, they're thinking more of fitness strength. And functional strength is really about having the vitality and energy balance and uh, stamina to get through your, your daily life um, with less pain and, you know, to be able to do the things that you want to do. And also you've mentioned uh, besides Tai Chi, you do um, other programs too? Yes. Um, uh, Qigong, I mix in with my Tai Chi. Um, so it becomes part of the warm up, part of the cool down. Uh, I, I very much try the way I teach my classes. I am, I am not a, a martial arts teacher in the sense that I'm not teaching defense. I may reference what these moves do, but I'm not teaching sparring. So I'm much, I fall much more towards the Qigong and meditative aspect of Tai Chi than I do the uh, martial aspect of it. But I am familiar with the martial aspect as well. Mm-hmm. And do you think, uh, what are some of the basic uh, things which somebody can focus on while learning uh, these arts? Uh, Number one, I would think, is the deepening of the breath, uh, because I I very much focus in my classes on, you know, deep deep belly breathing, breathing down into that lower abdomen to lower dantian, um, or that's called the sea of chi and then expanding all the way up and finally releasing out through the mouth. I think um, becoming aware of the breath, making the breath conscious um, is a key. And then also working with balance, working with alignment in your body, becoming aware of what your body is actually doing. A lot of people live uh, from the neck up a lot and they don't fully inhabit their bodies. Uh, as much and so and they don't necessarily notice things until there's an injury or until you know they're having pain Um, and this helps to kind of get you into your body getting you out of your head so um, we spend so much time in our heads and mulling over instead of fully inhabiting our forms and so I'm really teaching you know breath body awareness moving with purpose um First, it's just an exercise, but then you can take that and you can expand that outward into your life as, you know, moving with purpose in everything that you do. Tell me also with uh, COVID, um, what have you seen uh, recently? Like, is it uh, people are getting more interested in it or uh, have you seen uh, less interest with COVID? Well, it's hard. It's what's been interesting is, you know, I had to shift how I do things. So because um, the population that I particularly teach was the vulnerable population. Um, So I had to move everything virtual. So I was I was actually learning how to teach in front of a camera. And that's what I've noticed. But it's been nice to be able to connect with people who's before their schedule wouldn't uh, permit them to make it to a class where now, you know, once I've recorded something and put it out there, people have the option of fitting it into their life. Uh, So there has been an interest in trying things from people that haven't, you know, necessarily had the space for that. Um, And that needs something to sort of, you know, calm the body down and bring us out of that sort of uh, panic mode that many of us get locked into, myself included, uh, just by, you know, responding to events and traumatic things that we see 
or have personally experienced. So it's, it's a great um, balancer for the nervous system. Also, I want to ask you, how do you keep yourself in good shape and, and do you have a specific lifestyle do you follow? I have a dog, so I, <laughs> he gets walked every day. Um, so that's been one thing that has, uh, you know, with, as the pandemic had happened, I, it's not that I never walked in before, but I found myself walking the dog longer just to get out of the house. Um, and I'm actually, I think, in better shape now than I was prior to the pandemic. And then also I, I increased my own um, practice in Tai Chi and Qigong. Um, so I was practicing more often and longer uh, because I had that time. Um, and also, you know, I'm not going out to eat. So <laughs> everything is made at home. <laughs> so, so not going out to eat help you to... Remain in good shape. It, well, yes, uh, because uh, when you go out to restaurants, the portion size are not necessarily the same, and um, you know, there's stuff to make the food taste, you know, more better, which is usually more salt, more more fats, more sugars. And then when you make things at home, it's just whenever you've made something at home, it's generally better for you, in my opinion. So. Um, We've done a lot of experimenting in our house with different cuisines, uh, cooking more elaborate meals, try, <laughs> trying just different things to celebrate uh, life and, and using food in that sense uh, of being a celebration of the earth and the, the fruits of the earth. So you're saying that uh, before that you were more into uh, enjoying those flavors but now you're more into enjoying basically the fruits and keeping your health in better shape right i mean we we always ate fairly well um just uh, from a fam familial standpoint uh, uh, my grandfather was a chef and he was from the mediterranean area so we've had mostly a mediterranean diet um so a lot of olive oil, a lot of vegetables. Uh, we do we we love pasta, but you know it's uh, it's moderated by a lot of the other things that we eat. And we don't we do eat meat, but we don't eat huge portions of it. So uh, it, it's I, I I I'm hesitant to say you know this is the way because I feel like there everybody's body is a little bit different, and you have to find you know what works for you and a lot of times that go that is going back to maybe some traditional uh family uh and see you know ancestrally what was working for you and your ancestors i think that's a really good you know starting point uh also i want to ask you um tell me a little bit about your you said you walk your dog every day and do yes. you also concentrate a little bit on um healthy eating Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, we do, um, you know, pretty much make almost everything from scratch. <laughs> That's very good. Yeah. So it's not that we don't enjoy our treats. We do. But when we when we have them, it's because we've we've made them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's very good. Very good. So what is the best way for you to enjoy your treats? Uh, is it that you basically get uh, 
fun stuff um, like uh, some particular cooking dishes or anything uh yeah we have you know there's a lot of you know favorite dishes um uh as far as like desserts go like this last weekend we made a, a an apple pie so <laughs> Like I said, we have them. We have, we do have our treats, but it's sort of like we have to make them. So that you know, that's a that takes time. Um, and if you want to do something, it, it, you know, you get to see the whole process and how much time and energy that takes. And so I think it, it helps you appreciate it more. Um, but it's not something you want to do every day because it takes you know a couple hours to bake that pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So, so also tell me a little bit. What have you seen with your um, students? Like, you know, I'm sure a lot of people wants to learn. Uh, so, what have you seen basically recently? Are they more interested in Tai Chi, or is it other uh, forms? I have a lot of people that are. Uh, I just started back to in-person classes this past week. Mm -hmm. um, and I had been had I've had people. Some of my students have been contacting me uh, as they've been vaccinated. To um, hey, are we going to have our classes back again? So there's been this push, and um, you know you can't. It's it's been really wonderful to be able to experiment with teaching virtually. <laughs> to know that I can do that, uh, but there is something about uh, when people gather together. Uh, and practice, uh, you know, something that is both an exercise, but is also energy work as, as well as meditative there, you, you create sort of a group field effect that helps um, support everybody in the practice at the same time, as well as boosting your own practice. Mm -hmm. um, because we are social, you know, social creatures. And when we do something together, and particularly when you're doing a form, where everyone's doing the same move and 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 step with everybody, you create a particular flow um, in the room that everyone can feel, and it, it's very bolstering and uh, supportive for everybody, including myself, the teacher. So, mm -hmm. so so you have seen base now. Also, tell me, do you think Tai Chi a lot of people can or should do as a family thing rather than one person? It's really great if, if you have uh, people in your family that will practice with you. I've, mm -hmm. I've tried to, I, I've got older parents, so I've tried to get them involved in it to help with some of their aches and pains, but they're still kind of resistant. <laughs> I know. I know. So, I mean, usually I tell, you know, like lifestyle, I said, make it like family affair, you know, mm -hmm. kids, everybody should join. So maybe Tai Chi, maybe you say younger folks can, you know, they can probably enjoy that. But Sure. I mean, one of the benefits is, is because, um, you know, my teacher explained it to me. It's like when we're young, it's like we have this flame that's burning really high and bright mm -hmm. and we burn through our energy very quickly. And, and he says, like, you've got to learn to like, you know, stoke that flame, but like bank it so that it lasts and will sustain you for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, and at the time, I didn't understand what he meant because I was very, very young. <laughs> but as I've gotten older, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, it would be better to, to take some of that and store it for later use. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I think it's, it's very beneficial. Um, but I always tell people that they need to find a practice that they identify with. So uh, 
you know, for some people, they're going to be more drawn to yoga. For other people, it's going to be Tai Chi or Qigong, or it might be a more uh, young kind of very, you know, it might be kickboxing. It, it might be swimming. And it's, it's really more about being consistent and mindful of your practice, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if you're looking for specific uh, practices to do specific things, then you can sort of parse through um, that. Mm-hmm. I love Tai Chi. I practiced it for um, it'll be 25 years coming up at the, and next year. So it's something that has been a part of my life for a very long time. Uh, mm-hmm. And I like I like it. I, it's really helped me kind of settle and have an appreciation for my body mm-hmm. and um, how I can use my body to change my mindset or change how I'm feeling mm-hmm. um, just through the simple practice of breathing and moving. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to ask you, what is shamanism? Shamanism is sort of an umbrella term for a way of looking at the world or interacting with the world. It is um, uh, at the base of most of the religions of the world. At one point, there was a shamanic element to them, and some of them have retained that element uh, all the way up to the modern day. But it's um, based the, one of the basic core beliefs of that is that everything is alive and everything has a spirit. So. Um, and, and that you can communicate it in, in particular ways. Uh, mm-hmm. So like this, a stone could have a spirit, the river has a spirit, a tree, a cloud, um, mm-hmm. any animal that you see has a spirit and an intelligence that you can communicate with and uh, learn from. Mm-hmm. So that's so the you, basics. So, so there is a mind, body, and soul. So what you're saying is there's a soul to it, right? Yes, yes. Um, and that... Um, in, in some traditions, you know, we have sort of almost a pyramid kind of structure where, you know, human beings are at the top. In shamanism, we don't have that. It's more of a circle where everybody is, in, is interrelated. So you have human beings here, you have turtles here, you have lions over here, you have insects over here, and all of them are equally valuable um, uh, as far as... Um, how we look at them. They all have value and they all uh, matter. Mm. So, so they have, so what you're saying is they all have a place in this universe. Yes. Yes. So it's, it's not just for you and me, it's for everybody. <laughs> that is true. That is true. And that is probably reality. Uh, you know, that's my two cents. So, uh, so how my, uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, awareness of this or spirituality or, uh, you know, guidance, uh, how do you think that is going to affect or uh, somebody's thought process? Well, um, a lot of things, a lot of us will experience synchronicities or feel drawn to particular uh, uh, things in nature. For some of us, um, we might be drawn to a particular animal throughout our lives. It might just be something that we are very interested in. Uh, special, it, you know, has special meaning for us. Uh, with a shamanic path, what you would do is you would actually learn to put yourself into a trance and send your awareness into um, the world to find like the animal spirit that is calling to you and that wants to help support you in your life. Mm. Um, and that has a wisdom or, um, uh, I guess, 
a teaching for you and that wants to kind of partner with you in your life. Mm. Uh, also tell me a little bit about what is soul loss and how does it relate to trauma? Well, um, with soul loss, um, if we can think of the soul as, you know, having aspects made, made up of our life, but also mm. being almost like a fluid or energy. And when we experience a trauma, it's almost like we've been punctured and some of that spills out. And sometimes it will come back on its own uh, once we feel a bit safe and secure. But sometimes we need to coax it back or go out and find it. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is, you know, we have we experience a trauma and a part of us just shatters off. Mm -hmm. And until we get that part back, we're not really whole and we can carry that wound forward uh, in our lives into where it's, you know, rather we're, we're acting out of our wound rather than out of our wisdom and experience. Mm -hmm. So, so we, what you're saying is with this loss, they usually, um, you know, with this trauma to deal with, they usually have to come up with ways to recover. Is it, so is the trauma to the soul or is it trauma? It can, it can be uh, any, you know, it's, it's hard to say like what will affect different people. Uh, mm -hmm. We all have different triggers that are going to, you know, make us, you know, feel traumatized. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, um, we just had the 4th of July here. So a lot of people, there was many fireworks. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And my dog was very traumatized. <laughs> and I, I, I know people who have been in military situations where that is very traumatic and re, reopens those wounds mm. for them. Mm. Um, so it could be something as simple as a loud noise. It could be something like being in a car accident, mm -hmm. um, uh, experiencing violence or cruelty can also set that off. But, you know, there's just many different things. Anything that has been particularly where part of us just doesn't want to be there because it's so difficult. We can, mm -hmm. you know, part of us can mentally just check out and go off into another realm where they feel a bit more safe and secure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, you have a great point uh, with, with the fireworks. A uh, lot of, I mean, I've, I was uh, with the Wundi Warrior program and I know that a uh, lot of had PTSD and actually it, this uh, for even for the dogs they had pets and it was very hard for those pets also to um, to survive July Fourth uh, fireworks you know um, people don't realize that but it uh, really can precipitate a lot of those events right yes um, it's so one of the things with shamanism is when uh, you lose a piece of yourself, a lot of times some just whatever stray energy will come and sort of seep in and kind of set up shop in your, in your body. And that can cause problems. And it's just, you know, we're surrounded in a sea of energy and a sea of uh, experiences. And so with soul loss, the one of the first things we do is we remove any energy from you that is not of you before we call back um, uh, your essence to, to reintegrate. Mm. Um, so is the concept that your own energy is infectious or transmits to other or, um, or that it has to be a free flow? 
Um, it's not so much that your energy is in, is infectious, although we tend to broadcast our energy and it's sort of like when somebody yawns, we'll start to yawn as well and same yeah, with, with laughter. So there is a transmissible uh, factor to energy, but when we're talking about soul loss, this is really like your core essence mm -hmm. of, of, of your being and you, requ you require all of it to be truly fully alive in yourself. Uh, but nature does not like a vacuum. So when there's a piece of you missing, it's sort of like some part of the environment will come and move in and fill that space. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not necessarily, you know, some people look at and think of, oh, that's bad. And it's just not healthy. Uh, mm -hmm. It's it's because it's not you. Mm -hmm. So. Okay. So, so what you're saying is, it's, I mean, you do broadcast and, so positive or negative energy, but you're saying is that uh, there is still a lot of you get actually from others. So you have to kind of um, sort that out. So that's what you do. Right? Yeah. Well, when we when we're working with that sort of energy as opposed to soul loss, we're working more with like uh, relationship uh, cords of energy, and. Mm -hmm. Uh, with that, it's it's more about keeping that cord clean and clear so that it's not bogged down with too much uh, past emotions or emotional debris or energy debris. Uh, we want to keep it nice and clean and healthy. Or if that relationship is no longer beneficial for the both parties, you want to you know gently cut the cord and gift it back into the universe so that it can uh, that a different a different relationship can form. Mm -hmm. Okay. Also, tell me a little bit about uh, if somebody wants to read about these um, or know more, of course, to contact you and check your website. Mm -hmm. So give us your website. It's uh, www.thomasmoonigle.com. Okay. Monica. And uh, tell me any other resources that they want to know a little more about what you Sure. I've got um, a book out on uh, shamanism and uh, the Norse runes, uh, which is available on Amazon. The links for that's on my website. And I actually, I have a meditation album that works with chords of relationship. Um, and there's a link to that also on my website as well. So, mm -hmm. and as well as I've got two different uh, YouTube channels, one that is dealing with more of the energy healing uh, different kind of videos with that. And then there's another that is instructional for Tai Chi and Qigong. Mm. Okay, very nice. Very yeah. nice. Uh, so do you think uh, right now uh, people can uh, benefit from all these three um, or where should they start with? Shamanism, Tai Chi, Kung? I, would, I think it would depend on what they're dealing with. If they're dealing with a lot of trauma right now, um, the shamanic path might offer some relief, but also Tai Chi can help calm the nervous system down too. So it's not really an either or, <laughs> it can be kind of both. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, uh, because once you've done, I guess what you call the spiritual side of it, you always want to address and complement it with the physical as well so that you can fully embody you mm. know, what you have been doing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, well, it's it's been pleasure knowing you and learning about shamanism as well as uh, Tai Chi. And um, I never knew all these terms <laughs> so depth. And thank you for coming to our show and giving us a great opportunity to learn about that. 
And uh, once again, uh, everybody, please check his website as well as uh, YouTube and links. And thank you for, uh, once again, any final message that you have for our audience? I would say be gentle with yourselves. We've come through uh, historic times, and it's going to take us time to integrate that experience and come out with it, with the wisdom of it. So, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like uh, great advice. Thank you. Take Thank care. You. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Take care. Bye. Okay.